Hey sister, welcome to season four of the Your Sorority Journey podcast. I'm Cassie, a sorority advocate and community enthusiast. After spending the last eight years traveling the country to experience sorority with sisters like you on your campuses and at your conferences, I started this podcast and her sorority journey to help you navigate the various seasons that sorority has to offer. From finding your place in sisterhood to running for officer positions, all the way to preparing for your career after graduation, This podcast is your guide on how to get the most out of your sorority and apply it to your goals in college. Thanks for inviting me along on your journey. Mel, welcome to the Your Sorority Journey podcast. We've been uh, like chatting about this or like in uh, conversations about having you on for like over a year, I feel like now. So it is so exciting to welcome you to the Your Sorority Journey podcast. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here, Cassie. I know it has. It, I'm. I'm glad we finally got this on the calendar. I've been really looking forward to it. Would you tell us a little bit about yourself and your sorority journey that has led you to now run Tastefully Buzzed? Yes, my sorority journey. Um, I feel like it's maybe a little atypical. <laughs> maybe most other gals you talk to, but um, everyone has. I I think probably the fun of this podcast is that everyone has a diverse story. Um, so I went to a Indiana university, um, graduated, I don't know, a little over a handful of years ago now. And, um, I, part of a really big part of my decision to go to IU, uh, was one, I was really stoked to get into the business school there. Um, but two, I knew I really wanted like that big 10 school experience. Um, namely I wanted the party school experience. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and like when I thought college, like I just thought like big school party every every weekend, like that's yeah. what you do. And so, um, I went to school actually with my twin sister. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we roomed together freshman year. We joined the same sorority. So I was excited about that. Um, but when I joined my sorority, I, um, I just, I mainly joined it. I think obviously like we, all of us join our sorority because we want to meet new people. We want to make yeah. new friends. Um, so obviously that was a number one priority for me. Uh, but I would definitely be lying if I didn't say that the partying aspect as well. Like I was so excited about going to fraternity parties. I was such a shy kid in high school. I felt like I was, I just flew under the radar so much. Mm. Uh, and so I was just so excited for like, yes, like, like I was excited to get like noticed, I guess. Right. Um, and so when I joined, I did the partying thing pretty well. Right. Like, it's not like I didn't like flunk out of school or anything. (laughs) I did well in school. Um, but I, I really applied myself there, but I also really applied myself to making sure that I did the partying thing well too. Yeah. Uh, and so when I got to my senior year, I, what I usually share with people, like when I'm sharing my stories, like I kind of found that I had really maxed out on the partying side of things and not so much on the friendship side. Like mm-hmm. I was in a pledge, pledge class. I think I had like 50 plus girls in my pledge class and I keep in touch with like two or three like today mm. my twin sisters included in that you know <laughs> so that doesn't really count but um I I just I when I looked back on my time I think I really emphasized pursuing company like really fun people to go out with rather yeah. than like community um and and friendships that felt like people really knew me 
Yeah. Um, and that's not to say I didn't emerge with any, but not as much as I thought I would have. Right. Mm. Um, I had no aspirations of joining any sort of leadership, like of like pursuing any yeah. sort of leadership position in my sorority, yeah. uh, because I thought it would get in the way of me having a good time. Uh, and when I graduated uh, from IU, I pretty much just forgot about my sorority. Honestly, like I like when I would tell people that I was in a sorority, I wouldn't even I wouldn't say like, oh, I'm an AOPI, right? I would just say like. Oh, I was an AOPI. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't think yeah, about, yeah. I didn't have that mindset. Like, oh, this is lifelong sisterhood. And then when I met my husband, Matt, um, he was like total opposite of me in terms of just his commitment to his fraternity. He uh, was one of the founding members, um, or I should say, like chartering members um, of his fraternity at um, UConn. And so, yeah. uh. I mean, he definitely had the same partying experience as I did, but he really took fraternity seriously and he was best friends with like everyone in his pledge mm. class. Um, and he, he told me about this thing called beers aren't bad that he was really interested in doing and seeing where it would go. And I thought it was kind of a dumb idea when he was telling me about it at first. <laughs> and I was really hoping that he would just kind of forget about it and mm. pursue a like real person job. Like I was doing software sales for like seven years when I, after I graduated. And I was like, mm. this is a real person job. Like if we're going to get married, which it seems like this, this is the trajectory where this relationship is going. I don't want to be messing around with some, like some job where he's like, dabbling with like depth I it just it seems to me it almost seemed I don't know I don't want this to sound weird but like him working with college students and being so invested in like a college students and like a fraternity and sorority experience seemed like some sort of like in my mind it was like this is like a regression you need to be yeah, focusing yeah, on like yeah. real issues you know yeah. mm. so anyway that's kind of that's my experience and how it led to beers aren't bad tastefully buzzed <laughs> So I'm curious, like how, what about your guys' conversations, like l went from you feeling like, well, this is a stupid idea. Like you're going backwards in life yeah. to you, like getting so on board to like take on the women's side of beers aren't bad in starting tastefully buzzed. Totally. Totally. I love talking about this. So, um, when Matt, uh, shortly after Matt and I got married, um, he was actually, and this, this ended up, this job that he had actually ended up being the regression type of job. He was working, he intentionally took like this very boring home security sales job mm. um, where he was just reading from a script all day. Uh, and I would um, listen to him on these calls and I would just think to myself, Matt is so much more creative and passionate than this. Like I, mm. I, and I wanted him to leave that job so bad, but we had like no idea what was next. And he was doing beers aren't bad on the side. Um, and so, and for those of that don't know, beers aren't bad. It's like the male version of, um, tastefully buzzed and it's yeah. kind of where actually tastefully buzzed started. Um, but you know, Matt and his friend really started it as a joke. It was like poking fun at the traditional, like and typical risk like an alcohol conversations or presentations that fraternities and sororities have to take every year. Yeah. I took plenty of them. So I, I knew kind of like the status quo that they were trying to challenge. But in my mind, I was like, how are you, how could you make this relatable? You know, like yeah. how can this, how could these actually be fun for students to take? And so 
after we got married, um, he was doing beers aren't bad on the side. Um, really it was just growing quite a lot. And so we would just travel nearby, um, uh, to different schools that were asking us to come do this in person. And I remember one in particular, um, this actually wasn't nearby. We were at Tampa and, um, a, after he had presented to the entire IFC council down there, um, one of the students, he got up, he took the microphone and he just really seriously was like, guys, I need you to listen to this message. Like he was saying this in front of the entire IFC. Um, I just, he's like, I, he was talking about his experiences, like spending night, spending a night in a drunk tank, right. And how he nearly had to drop out of school because of alcoholism that he was developing. He's like, this is such an important message. And you got, I, I just want you guys to take this seriously. And I think that's when my eyes were first opened to, um, like, wow, this is something that this is a message that students are actually responding to and something that students care about. And we, and then we would just get DMs all the time from guys after Matt would do these beers aren't bad presentations. Like, and I, oh my gosh, I didn't know I would get emotional talking about this. Ah, (laughs) But like these DMs from these guys saying how much, like how awesome it felt to just be listened to someone to come in and not treat them like they were the problem and help them think differently about how they were how they were treating alcohol and drinking in college you know that's that's always my prayer when we go into these um these convert these presentations is i'm like lord just change minds like help us to change people's minds so you can change people's hearts right Mm. so anyway that's that particular shortly after we got married right that particular um presentation at tampa is like really when i started to be like okay Matt's been talking about wanting to do this full time. I think I might actually be okay with him doing that. (laughs) Well, and I, that is such a powerful story because I think to your point earlier of, of like, you're going backwards, you're stuck in college when you like work in Mm -hmm. higher education or you're like a vendor to higher education. I, Mm -hmm. I find myself like feeling the need to like defend the work that I do a lot for the on Mm. on the same premise of like you know you meet people on an airplane or you're like at at a coffee shop co-working right and or even like Mm. I was at the bank yesterday and they're like like confirming my account and like oh what sorority are you in Mm. because sorority is part of my business title right and it's uh it's funny because I think we forget the how pivotal of a season of life colleges, right? Like if we even mm-hmm. think about our own stories, like you talking about like the things that you learned about like yourself, your ability to like develop friendships, like your like healthy habits, like uh, our relationship with alcohol or other substances through college, like that shapes the mm-hmm. rest of our lives. And, you know, I yeah, think yeah. about how um, the like level of consumption of alcohol that's like normal in college we just like write off as like the college experience or partying but like Mm -hmm. maintained beyond college is like alcoholism right and and it's just really it's really scary the norms that like we are like implicitly approving of like writing it off as college and like a lot of the other like risk intervention programming is Mm. is preaching a 
a model that's just it's either not realistic or not sustainable to the college yeah. experience. And so yeah. well, something I've been like really encouraged by and getting to know you and Matt over the last year is how like realistic, approachable, and like what a growth mindset you all have in the education that you provide, right? Of like, we actually want to learn from those who are in it because like, I feel like all, all three of us are like humble enough <laughs> to recognize that like things have changed. Like the landscape of fraternity yeah. and sorority life has changed since we were in college yeah. a handful or a half a handful of years ago. And yeah. I think what is really important, especially in conversations around alcohol is recognizing that while things have changed, like a lot of the like deeper needs that our students have going into college or what they're looking for from fraternity or sorority membership. And that like you talking about like being excited to be like seen and that like ready to like have attention. Like I Mm -hmm. actually relate to that. (laughs) Like I was the only- I think all sorority women do. (laughs) I mean, like I, my story is I was the only- person from my high school that went to Arizona State and so when Mm. I got there I was just like ready to like develop my own community like be known in my own way and my Mm. like party culture story is very different but I think one thing that I recognized was like trying to establish who you are and your identity is really hard to do when there only seems to be like a certain number of avenues that you can establish it. If it's like, I'm going to be the leader, I'm going to go this route, or I'm going to be the academic and we, or I'm going to be the party girl. And we like put these like Mm -hmm. strong identities on ourselves. Um, that I think make it really hard for specifically women to like learn who they are and what they need in an environment that feels like there's only so many options. Totally. Well, I want to go, I want to address what you just said there. Um, but I also want to go back to like, I, I, I'm encouraged that you say that like you relate to the like, oh, sometimes I feel like I'm like in a, like this career regression working with younger people. But I want, I do want to say that like, why I feel that this, like why Matt and I both feel like this work is so important is because like no one and and the, the women that I talk to like affirm this there's so few people that actually care about that college age group so mm-hmm. many people are there's so many people out there making them feel like they're the problem mm-hmm. but there's not enough people making them feel listened to making them feel like understood right mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um and like I remember one time I was listening I was listening to a sermon where this youth pastor was talking about like why he enjoys working with youth. Um, right. And, uh, he referred to the Psalms. He's like, David wasn't an old man when he wrote the Psalms, David was a young man. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like he, he was in like the prime of his youth. Right. He was like Mm -hmm. the age that many of these college students are at right now. And I think we forget like what you said, like what an impactful age this is and like your college experience, like it imprints on you. Right. Like it's, I, mine definitely did. Um, and it's not the best four years of your life, but it's a very special um, and important four years of your yeah. life. Yes, very significant. And it's like, um, yeah, that's why I think that's just why we're so passionate about this, like trying to provide a, just provide some like 
um, wisdom to college students that feels that's that's not like encouraging them towards destructive habits, right? Yeah. Because you got enough media outlets out there that are poking fun at getting blacked out and stuff, like making it feel like it's all just some joke, yeah. right? And that that's what you do in college. But I think more and more students are waking up to the fact that that's not what college needs to look like. Yeah. But they don't know that they don't know how to make it different because yeah. like what you were saying, you know, when women join, like when women are joining sororities, I don't, I think a lot of women, including myself really struggled or struggle with like, how do I make this experience my own? Because the mm -hmm. pressure to do it the way that everyone else is doing it, or the way that it's like supposed to be done, like according to your peers, according to culture is just, it's so, it's just so it, it's, it's a lot of pressure, mm -hmm. right? It's so prevalent. Um, and we end up just like going, going with the tide, right. And not really think, not really putting too much thought onto how we want our college, our collegiate or fraternity sorority experience yeah. to look like, and just letting other people kind of make the experience for us. Yeah. Does that make sense? Total oh my gosh, totally. And I, I think okay. that's like part of the, like, I, I think, uh, I really agree with what you were saying, I think that was what I was trying to get at when we we're talking about like there's it like when you come into college, it feels like there's only so many kinds of people that you can be and you have to pick. Mm -hmm. And so there isn't too much like questioning. It's like, why do we do things this way? Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, like I think a lot of your business is built around like asking different questions to yeah. like common problems right saying like okay yeah. this is a this is not a new problem we're not like identifying a new problem but we do want to like ask questions that help you brainstorm and like reimagine new solutions by what I think is like going to the root of the problem from how I understand mm -hmm. your education yes. and like even this <laughs> business model and so I yeah. I'm curious what your take is especially working specifically with women's groups why do you think there is such a hesitancy or like uh, resistance against talking openly about alcohol consumption and substance abuse in our organizations. Mm. Um, just like as a standalone, like you and I have talked about how differently you all share your um, similar curriculum to men and women just based on this yeah. like this different approach or like openness to have these conversations so what's your take like why do you think we are so hesitant as women's groups to address the elephant in the room yeah Ooh, okay I think there's a few part a few answers to this question um one I think we're totally okay with just letting fraternities take the fall for it like they're the ones hosting the parties yeah. like let them get blamed for it. like whatever whatever like ill consequences arise from like alcohol abuse or whatever um so i think that's the first part it's just like we're, we're not the ones hosting the parties so we're good but mm. you're going to the same parties right um but the other two that like i um that i've really started to notice um and that woman kind of share with us um one i think there's there's can be a lot of pride in where you go to school and the like the and just acceptance of well that's just 
how it's done here. You know, mm. like we are, we are a party school. This is our traditions. Like we don't need to change. We're good. Mm-hmm. We don't have like, you know, we, I mean, Matt once had a guy share with him, like, oh, we've had a, we've had a really good semester this year. Like, I don't, I'm not really sure. Like there's a need for beers aren't bad on like in our chapter. And he's like, and Matt was sharing like, oh, like, tell me more. Like, why do you think you had a good semester? And the guy said, well, we just, we didn't send anyone to the hospital. <laughs> mm. So like our measure of like having a, if, a good year or a good semester is just that yeah Yeah. is this that we didn't send anyone to the hospital Uh, like I think I think a lot of people I think there's a lot of students that just like don't think they have a problem you know it can be mm -hmm. hard to admit that you have a problem right um and then another thing that we noticed right like we've been um uh like there have been times where we've been like um, like we, we presented like tastefully buzz to a chapter and we got a great picture of the girls with some merch. Um, and we're oh. asked like, Hey, can we post this? Yeah. And, um, they're like, Oh no, our national, like, like, or no, I'm sorry. Like our nationals won't let us, like, we can't be affiliated with like alcohol or whatever. This, that can lead, that's like a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a lot of students that want to make positive change but are finding it difficult to have open conversations around alcohol because of advisors and because of nationals. Mm. Yeah. Super interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like, and I think some of the, I I would even like build on that. I think some of the ways that alcohol has been talked about maybe by some of those individuals or institutions Mm -hmm. has created so much like shame or like fear Mm -hmm. of like, Mm -hmm uh like owning the participation mm. in some of these like activities that we know are happening photos mm. that we can correlate with the locations of like what where things are happening like we know what's happening but i feel like there's so much i think partially pride and like shame around yeah being associated with something that doesn't have like the best rep even though it's like the college experience or like as mm-hmm. we've defined the 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 real the the college experience and I think so much of that like shame leads to like hiding and then yeah. like in the hiding it's actually oh much much harder to identify like the root of the problem or yeah. the potential solutions when we aren't even talking about like yeah. what those surface level consequences are manifesting themselves to be. Mm-hmm. The greater shame is knowing there's an issue and not doing anything about it. <laughs> totally. So yeah. as you've dug in with some of these like women's groups and like had really authentic conversations, whether you're able to like post their photos on your page or not, <laughs> what are you noticing? Like are some of these like deeper needs that our women have or um or like root causes of like the blackout culture specifically like yes. with our women's groups yes specifically with women's um it's i was um interestingly enough like i have a very fresh conversation in my head because i pretty much asked that same question <laughs> yeah. to the woman um and uh and I relate so much to their answers because really I think what it boils down to so much for women is this need for affirmation. Um, I think women want to be the envy of all their friends and the desire 
of all the guys, right? We want to be affirmed that we are like, that we are valuable, right? And that we are beautiful. We want, women want to be like that beauty to behold, Mm. right? Um, We, um, we don't just want to be noticed, but we want to be seen. Um, But I think a lot of the time, and I can speak to like my own experience in college too, because that was very much the reason like why I even like chose to drink as much as I did in college to begin with. Um, I think one, um, we either we don't think that we possess the traits innately um, to uh, that make us that beauty to behold, right? That that allow people to really see us. Um, and I, or we um, just buy into the lie that sure, like you have some of them, but you need, but you need more, right? Mm. You, you need, you need more, yeah. you need something, you need something extra. And I think alcohol is just like a really easy mask to hide behind yeah. uh, when we are questioning ourselves and our worth. What you hit on is like really interesting about the masks, right? Of like, yeah. I think there can be so much isolation like in college I was actually talking about this Mm -hmm. on an episode that will come out prior to yours around Mm -hmm. like comparison and competition and like why it's so hard to like lean in as women to like our Mm -hmm. unique confidence and Mm self-worth and I, I don't think it's like our responsibility to like blame or I don't think it's like our right to blame other women for like taking that confidence away from us. But I do yeah. think it's our responsibility to recognize how we are contributing to others feeling less confident. Right. And yeah. And how uh, and how in this effort to like be all put together and put on these masks and try to be the most like perfected version of ourselves, we lose out on the opportunity to like relate over Mm -hmm. our like deep deep needs of like belonging acceptance and like connectedness in college right like Mm -hmm. that can be the foundation for how we build relationships for the rest of our lives but it can feel but it's so much more available and Mm -hmm. uh direct to just go to these parties to look for that when there are Mm -hmm. there's like a uh a little bit more of like a streamlined way of like seeking yeah. belonging that is mm-hmm. so much more like to your experience I think um which just isn't sufficient for like what we need and I'm not saying like going out is not like a great like yeah build on it just can't be the foundation of like where we're yeah. finding our belonging um totally to, to your point on that, like, exactly. Like I, I am not advocating that you never go out to another yeah. party, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like go out, like have fun. Um, go, go to a party with your friends, go to a bar with your friends. Right. But know, right. That you are interesting and fun just the way you are. Right. Yeah. Like I, I didn't believe that in college. And I think so many women in college and past college don't believe that they are vibrant individuals worth being worth being seen um like when they go out if they are not drinking the way that others like expect them to right yeah um and uh yeah i i mean 
or three, like the three tastefully buzz beliefs. Like I, I could go a little like further on that, but I could, I could elaborate on that a little bit more later, but yeah, it's, um, I want, I want student, I want women to go out. I want you to have fun. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying don't, I, this is not a case for sobriety. If you want to be sober, great, cool. Um, but it's more of like, don't treat, don't treat alcohol like that mask. Right. Mm. Well, and I think what you're saying and like, what, what I'm hearing is like, go out having already established that you're enough and that you belong mm. and that you are connected and see mm. how that changes the way that you partake in substances. Like, does that require mm. as many drinks as some of your friends or some of the yeah. fraternity men that you're engaging with? Probably not, right? Because when you aren't yeah. looking for your worth or your belonging in that night out, but you are mm. like complete as you are and can go out and have fun, then that morning after effect is going to feel way different when you are like, yeah. I had a good night last night, but I'm like having a great day today too, because I don't find my worth or my sense of yes. belonging in the going out activities. Like those come from yeah. like other relationships. Those come from skill sets that I'm proud of. Those come from like looking in the mirror and being like proud of who I am and like content mm -hmm. exactly as I'm showing up and then going out to like enjoy yourself and enjoy those community th that community and those relationships from a place of like being enough not from a place of looking to be enough mm -hmm. exactly yeah the good nights and great mornings are a lot more fun <laughs> mm, yeah I love that you said that along those lines like for our friends who maybe like aren't pursuing like sobriety and like want to still go out but find their belonging outside of partying and like still get mm -hmm. that real college experience what do you think that might look like for them or how could mm -hmm. they like start going about that yeah well one like I want to put real college experience in quotes because mm -hmm. it's totally subjective right right <laughs> like the real college experience is your college experience um but, uh, I really like, this is, this is all like, this is what our tastefully buzzed, um, conversations are all centered around, right? Like how can we still without like what you said, without becoming like doing away with alcohol altogether, still have fun with it and not like blackout. Right. Yeah. So, um, our three beliefs, I'm not going to dive, like do too deep of a dive into them. Um, but the first is sisters over chefs, right? So we share that we believe, uh, that when you get together, um, with your friends, with your sisters, um, the goal of any night, the goal of the night should be to make memories. Mm. Um, and if we drink it's so that we can make more memories and not less, uh, and that when you get together with your friends, like alcohol is not what makes the good time. It is like the, it's like the cherry on top of a good time. It's it like, it's the supplement to a good time. You are, we always ask the rhetorical question of like, woman, would you rather be like at an event where you had all the alcohol, but none of your sisters, or would you rather be at a, an event where you had all your sisters, but maybe someone forgot the alcohol? Right. And it's a rhetorical question because of course your answer is going to be, um, yeah, I want to be with all my sisters. Right. Mm. Like very few people want to get really drunk a lot yeah. <laughs> in college at least. Um, 
so sisters over shots is just like encapsulates like it's about the people that you're with and the memories that you're making with them not the alcohol and even just like making that mental switch helps with like helps reframe a night so much right now automatically i i don't need that much alcohol to have fun because my fun my having fun is not contingent upon upon the amount of alcohol i'm drinking totally um uh then the second belief is um drinking is a choice uh it's so common sense right like whenever we ask women like how much like percentage wise would you say like your drinking is up to you when you go out and some of the first answers we get are well 100% right but then like women like they think about it a little bit more and they're like wait it's probably more like 50 yeah. and i agree that it should feel like 100% of your drinking all the time is up to you um but it does not always feel like that right there's some really strong um especially like we have cultural influences telling us what the typical desirable sorority woman is supposed to look like what she's supposed to be drinking and how much she's supposed to be drinking like when I was in school I drank so much Jack Daniels because I thought I had to be the cute whiskey girl mm-hmm. who went shot for shot with the guys right <laughs> um and that didn't work out very well um but we and like peer pressure I think is also like that's even stronger than like cultural influences mm-hmm. like your friends putting on like like if you say that you don't want to go out like what's the one of them like it's a Friday night and you tell your friends you don't want to go out one of the first things that your friends usually retort back to you is like oh come on be fun or like rally and we we don't think we're trying to be fun right and we're trying to encourage our friend towards a good time that's like the spirit behind what we're saying but like we are doing that in a way that's encouraged like I don't know of anyone who has become a better version of themselves the more they drink. Oftentimes, <laughs> right. it's the opposite. The opposite, right? yeah. So drinking is a choice. Is just about like your drinking decisions are up to you. Like how much you drink, what you drink, when you get when you go home, you are the one that decides that. And like you all, all have the ability to make that as easy or as hard for one another as you want, right? Totally. Um, and then the last one, I'm I'm actually really excited about like the way that we're thinking about this new belief. Um, we've kind of shared this a little bit differently previously, but the more Matt and I kind of put our heads together about this and like the more women we've talked to, um, our third belief is just like really simple. Like you are you are fun and you are interesting. You are mm-hmm. an interesting, because I think what I hear, what we heard so much from women is like, there is nothing to do here other than drink. You can go mm-hmm. to the most like, but like you can go to the most like geographically interesting campus. I mean, I remember like this past fall, Matt and I were driving towards a college campus that we were presenting to, and there was just this beautiful mountain backdrop. And we're like, how cool would it be to go to school here where you have the, like the Blue Ridge Mountains right in your backyard? Mm-hmm. Like you can go hiking anytime you're not in class or like studying. Like this is great. And then I'm presenting, I'm talking to the woman there about Tastefully Buzzed. And I'm like, there's just nothing to do here other than drink you know (laughs) so and and myself included like Bloomington an amazing college town right Mm -hmm. and I thought the same thing like the only thing to really do here is drink um so I think we just don't really one see ourselves as interest like innately interesting and fun people yeah right and because of that 
we keep going back to the same, like we keep like, like the same, uh, like activities every weekend, right? Like we keep going back to the same watering holes <laughs> because totally. that's what we're supposed to do, right? That's what, that's what, that's what makes, that's, that's the only thing to do that's fun here. That's the only thing that we can do that's fun together. Um, I think we're so afraid that if we're not drinking together, then we might not have fun together, mm. right? And um, like our belief is just that you are an interesting and fun person. And because of that, you and your friends can do interesting and fun things together. Mm. And I'm not saying they don't have to involve alcohol, right? But like they, they don't like they shouldn't they don't need you don't need to be reliant on alcohol to have fun together yeah what a good note to like be wrapping up on (laughs) you are a fun and interesting person and you are allowed to like explore other ways to like live that out with your friends in the city that you Mm. go to college in and like get creative like you're allowed to be creative and like do things that like haven't been done before or aren't the like campus norm to like be Mm -hmm. a little bit more true to yourself and the things that you need so as we wrap Mm -hmm. up the last the last note I want to end on is do you have any encouragement or advice for newly elected officers who are trying to like steer their chapter in a direction of healthier or even just like more openness around partying and alcohol during their term this year that they can really bring into their roles to encourage and lead their women well yes um I really like this question um I think for for newly elected leaders uh, I think it's so amazing that you went for a leadership position. Cause like I said, that wasn't anything that I was really interested in, in college. Yeah. Um, and as a leader, I think part of being a leader is to tackle real issues and you have to ask yourself, what is a real issue, mm-hmm. right? Like is our t-shirt design, the fact that we can't agree on our t-shirt design for our upcoming philanthropy, is that a real issue? Or is the fact that we have girls consistently blacking out in our chapter every weekend, uh, is that a more real issue? Yeah. And I don't, and I don't like, I'm not saying like the t-shirt design isn't important, but I don't think you need me to tell you like, which is the more real issue. Yeah. Right. And um, it is your responsibility as a leader to tackle these issues. And my biggest encouragement towards sorority women towards sorority leaders is please, please like, don't, don't sweep, don't sweep drinking issues under the rug. Don't sweep, sweep drinking problems that your girls are struggling with under the rug, because I guarantee you, like we get so many DMs from women, women and men, like who are telling us like, I like the reason I drink this much or the reason I can't stop is because I'm actually dealing with this. Right. Like if you are not addressing, I I don't think you could actually say that you care about the mental health of your members. If you are not being responsible and taking action to address drinking issues. Okay. Mm. And it's not, and I, and I don't like, that's not to say make more sober events, right? Like I think the minute you label an event as sober, you're inviting people to not come, you're labeling it as it's not going to be fun. Right. Like, 
I think we just like just have fun just schedule things for your sisters to do um that are innately fun right like and and fellowship building um so don't pretend don't pretend the issues aren't there um don't let your advisors convince you that the issues aren't there as well right like um I think I think I was I was thinking about this last night and like your organization's founders would be prouder of the of the leader who saw a real issue and worked to address it rather than the person who pretended it wasn't there right yeah so that's my encouragement um you can also have tastefully buzz come and present at your chapter (laughs) um but uh yeah I just, we, as women, we just need to do a better job of sorority women. We need to do a better job of looking out for one another in this particular realm, realm, uh, this drinking and alcohol realm and not pretend that it's just the, just a guy's issue Um, Mm. because you know, it's not. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Uh, Well, Melanie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and like sharing your insight. Oh my gosh. And you guys, head to the show notes um or tastely buzz is tagged on the instagram promotionals for this um to learn Mm. more about the amazing work that they're doing um and yeah this has been like so such a good tone to help start the year um i feel like in like the sweep of like new year's resolutions and like trying to set these goals Mm. i think the conversation that we have is like I hate New Year's resolutions because they just feel sometimes like so unrealistic and like counterproductive. Yeah. It's like inviting shame to like run our lives for like not meeting unrealistic yeah. goals. But I think um, the heart and the direction that you all have for healthier communities is so realistic and um, so such an invitation to lean in and have a conversation. So thank you for that experience that you were providing so many uh sorority communities across the country thank you cassie i was just thrilled to talk with you as well (laughs) however you listen whether on your walk to class or drive to work during your workout or just while you're getting ready in the morning thank you for tuning in to the your sorority journey podcast today if you resonated with this episode in any way it would mean the world if you would tell a friend about it Either share this episode to your Instagram story, throw the link to listen in your chapter or executive council group chat, or write a review on Apple Podcasts so more sisters can find guidance on their sorority journey just like you did. As always, sister, we are here for you and can't wait to chat again next week.